The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus told the disciples a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponents. For a while he refused. But later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. These past couple of weeks, I have been uh, reconsidering my prayer life. And I suppose all of us from time to time, uh, you know, we're, we are uh, urged, I think, by the Spirit to reexamine kind of how we're living the Christian life. So for me, over the last couple of weeks, it's been about how I pray, how I don't pray, Uh, How I pray well that really seems to deepen my spiritual life and where I miss the mark. And it happened that as I've been thinking about this, I come across, of course, this gospel lesson, which is all about prayer. And then two things happened last week that really deepened my understanding of prayer. Uh, Over the past few years, I've been fortunate enough to be the dean of our deanery. And it's really a great privilege. The the role of the dean is to care for the spiritual, rather for the uh, pastoral care of the clergy in the deanery. And that's a great privilege, as well as to be available if there are questions about things going on in parishes. But perhaps the uh, greatest joy is the opportunity that the 12 deans have to come together with the bishop once a month. And we spend about four hours. Uh, Part of that is Bible study. Part of it is uh, talking about what's happening in our deaneries and what's happening in the diocese. Well, this last week we had a meeting of the deans, and it turned out that none of us uh, had been assigned to do the Bible study for this particular gathering. So the bishop said, why don't we talk about our prayer life? And he began by talking about his own prayer life, which is, as you can imagine, is very rich. And for him, filled with a particular image of Jesus that he holds and he prays with. And we went around the table and when it came my turn, I shared my own prayer life and images that I use. And I'll share them with you. One is that I often imagine myself sitting in a room, a living room with Jesus. And I have some things to say. And sometimes I feel that I am I'm being moved to hear what Jesus is calling me to look at, to consider in my own life, in my ministry. And sometimes that's disturbing. It's not always a comforting experience. The other thing that that I use as an image is, uh, especially when I'm praying the 
intercessory prayers that we have. And perhaps you find yourself in this situation as well. I don't always know all the people I'm praying for. And many times I don't know the circumstances that we're praying for. So often I will think of just holding them before God in my hands and asking God to do what is best for them. Well, that was one experience. It was really, it was wonderful. It was so rich. And it was rich in part because we had been together as deans and we care for one another. The second uh, event was this past week also. And it was a gathering of the conquered clergy. We had, had not met for a while. And we decided we needed to get together because there's some new clergy in town. So we should welcome them. And we did that. We had a very nice time over at West Concord uh, Union Church and wonderful uh, opportunity to share breakfast together. And then just before we left, one of the ministers said, what if we prayed for each other over the next few weeks? Now, you might think that's an obvious question or an obvious thing for us to do. It isn't. <laughs> we, I don't think that's ever come up at a clergy gathering that I've been, <laughs> that I've been at. So we thought that's a great idea. And, and the minister suggested that we uh, go around the table and just, if we were comfortable with it, offer up what our soul needs right now. What is it that we need? And so we did that. And we shared about our ministries and our lives. And I went away from that meeting uh, feeling so secure, knowing that my concerns that were brought to those, that table were being shared by these other clergy and that they were praying for me as I am praying for them. People of very different faiths, Baha'i, a Jewish rabbi was there, and uh, others that don't share the same theology as we do, but knowing that we're praying and holding each other in prayer. Well, the thing that I got out of these two experiences was the importance of community in my prayer life. And I don't think I'd ever thought about that before. It isn't just about me and God or me and Jesus, but rather my prayer life is shaped by the communities that I'm a part of. I think that this uh, little parable that we have today uh, could easily be only seen as something about uh, praying and being persistent in prayer, praying all the time. But I think it's more than that. This particular uh, parable, I think, is uh, very interesting because I think it's one of those uh, pieces of scripture where we can imagine that Jesus was using humor to get a point across. Uh, we, we see these disciples as way too pious, I think. I think Jesus told this story and they slapped their thigh and they said, that is really funny. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a judge like that? And what about that widow? She was not a helpless widow. <laughs> Judges were supposed to take care of the people who were the most vulnerable. And this judge didn't care about God and he didn't care about people. He says it to himself in the parable. And the woman was not afraid to come to that judge again and again and again to pester him to give her justice. I think that if, when the disciples heard that, they must have thought, this is really funny. I mean, I've never seen a judge like that. And can you imagine a widow like that? But at the end of all of this, then Jesus says, listen to what the judge said. If that judge could give justice, what will God do 
for God's chosen. God will give justice, and God will give it quickly. Well, the writer of Luke began that passage by by saying that Jesus told his disciples a parable about the need to pray always and not to lose heart. I think we get the part of this parable about being persistent in prayer, about praying always. But the part that I stumble over is that part that says that God will respond quickly because I don't see God responding quickly. When we look around in the world in which we live, we see all kinds of injustice. And many of us have prayed over and over and over again for an end to it. And some have engaged in action in order to try to stop the injustice that they see. All of that to no avail. So the hard part in this parable for me is how to maintain hope, how not to give up. It's not just about praying without ceasing, but it's about having hope always. And I think that's what this parable is really about. Luke wrote more about prayer than any of the other gospel writers. And this parable appears only in Luke. And I think that uh, it may cause us to wonder if Luke was perhaps writing to answer particular questions that were coming up in his own community. I think that uh, we need to keep also in mind that this uh, gospel was written around the year 85, uh, give or take 10 or 15 years on either side. So even if it was written in the year 90 or 95, there would have been a strong memory of the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in 70. Can you imagine what life must have been like when they realized that the temple was completely destroyed? It would be for us like Washington, D.C., completely leveled. It would change life, and it would also change the way that we would look at life and perhaps how we would look at God. I think that Luke, in part, was trying to answer questions such as, how long must we pray? Why does God not answer us? How can we be faithful with all that's going on around us? To a large extent, I think it's important for us to recognize that prayer is a relationship with God. It is the ground of our relationship. If we don't pray, we're, we're, it's like we're not talking with our spouse or our significant other. We have to be in conversation. And that conversation is two ways. We speak sometimes, but we listen other times. Prayer, I believe, draws us deeper and deeper into the heart of God. But perhaps most importantly, in that process, prayer changes us. We are transformed by our prayer. And that passage that was read ends, you know, in a way that's very disturbing, where Jesus asks the question, when the Son of Man returns, will he find anyone of faith? And I think it's easy to understand why that question might be asked. We are the ones who must persist. We are the ones who must never give up hope, who must always trust through our prayer, must always trust that God will be there. I believe that what Luke was trying to help us deal with is the potential loss of heart. And what I think 
ultimately God says to us and what Jesus reminds us of is that we pray believing that it's all in God's hands and that in due time, maybe not the way that we would have it done or when we would have it done, God acts and and important things happen in our lives and in the lives of others. Well, as I thought about the importance of community in grounding our prayer, I also thought about this community and its importance in my life and in Lou's life since we've been here. Uh, We've been here over 10 years now, and we have been shaped by all of you and by your spiritual life and the way you've shared that life with us. And that that is the nature of Christian community. We share our lives with each other. And in fact, that's part of how prayer works. I think prayer draws us out of ourselves so that we can care about another person. And I've seen so much of it in this congregation, time after time, people reaching out to somebody that I don't even know has a need, and they reach out to them, and they're with them. We are blessed by this community. And we are, of course, also in the midst of our annual stewardship Uh, campaign, the pledge drive. And I do want to bring some things forward for you just to emphasize what we're hoping for this year. If you've never pledged before, our hope is that that you will uh, pledge as an expression of your membership in this community. And we would like you to consider the possibility of a sustaining pledge. Uh, We figured out that it costs about $55 a Sunday every week, in other words, per household, just to open the doors for the ministries that go on here. So a sustaining pledge is a a wonderful way to be engaged in the financial life of our church. If you are a regular pledger, we're inviting you to consider the possibility of a 4% increase in your pledge this year. And what that would make possible is uh, an expansion of our ministry with children and youth and in the nursery, and also uh, the possibility of expanding our outreach ministries. I think uh, all of us would agree that uh, one of the most important ministries in this church is the ministry with children and with youth. They are, you know, they say it's not, it's not appropriate to say this anymore, but it's really true. They are the future of this church. They're also the present of this church, but they're the future of this church as well. And they're the future of our church. And what we can do, I believe, as Christians, the most important thing we can do is pass on what we believe to those who are coming after us. And that's an extremely important part of the life of this parish and the ministry of this parish. I hope that you will consider the possibilities that are set before you as we uh, go through this pledge drive. But even more important than that, I hope you have a real sense of the importance of this community in your life and perhaps how this community informs and shapes your prayer and your relationship with God. So let us pray without ceasing. May we never lose heart. And may we join together in making a difference in the lives of people in the world around us. Amen.